welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Martin Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another experience I had that, you know, when I got into doing exorcisms because of this, because I would meet people that needed help and uh, and then I would go home and I would be like, okay, okay, wh- what I just witnessed earlier, those that person was 100% possessed and those manifestations of demons I just witnessed are real. There's no doubt in my mind they left. There's no doubt in my mind they hate the name of Jesus. They can't stand it. They, they you know, that's the that's where all the power is, you know. And uh, and I have and I'm, I'm like I have no doubt about any of that. And I know they left. I know they left that person. But here I come back to this house and I can't get them out of this house. It was like it was like a, a cruel joke, you know. And I literally would sleep laying on my back with my Bible open on my chest. That's how I would sleep because I was like, I'm sure there's some spiritual stuff that is not happy with me right now because, I mean, they hate you anyway. But imagine right. if you've cast some into hell, out of a person and into hell. They hate, now, they, now they're really mad, you know? And then I'm going back into this possessed environment. And uh, it was not it was not a, uh, a nice experience. Um, I even had at one point in, in one deliverance session, I, uh, I, I cast and in, in, I had help with my family help with this, but, uh, we cast 19 demons out of this individual and pretty much from what I could tell, they were all rooted in Irish ancestry. That individual had Irish ancestry, which I'm Irish and I get it that there's a, you go back into Ireland a few hundred years or go before St. Patrick was there and they were very pagan. There was a lot of bad stuff going on there. So I go home after this. This was like a few days later, whatever. And again, I lived alone and um, I go home. I shut off my alarm, my you know home alarm system. I go into my office and I go to check my email. And when I went to type in my username, there was already a username typed in. And the username that was typed in on my computer was Irish19. And I thought, where did that come from? What? And then I was like, oh, no. You know, Irish19, that's a reference to the 19 demons that were rooted in Irish curses. And... The other thing that occurred to me then was, okay, if somebody hacked my email from another location, that's not going to show up on my computer in my house. Somebody typed that in on my computer in my house, you know, or something, I should say. And I, I mean, it was just to mess with me. It was all about intimidation and taunting, you know, but, uh, that that that's the kind of things I was dealing with there. I mean, there's a lot more than that, believe me. But um, that's why I called the book Nightmare in Holmes County was because, uh, you know, I felt like I was in a nightmare that I couldn't wake up from. And, you know, it was funny. We had I ended up having complete victory over that situation. But the people that bought the house wanted me out right away. They did not give me much time to find another house. So the girl I was dating at the time, she was really helpful and she found this house in Tuscross County. And, um, I ended up talking to the realtor and I explained my situation and he said, um, you know what? He said, go ahead and move in. He said, I know you just sold that other property. I know you're going to get your mortgage for this house. So just move in. And when your mortgage closes, we will settle up, which that's pretty nice, you know? And I said, okay, I really appreciate that, you know. So I move into this house. It's a two-story brick house with a huge yard that's all fenced in. There's a massive detached garage right beside it. It's like you could fit two tour buses in easy, you know. And there's a little, another little garage at the back of the property. And I'm, I move in, and just very subtle 
things began happening in this other house. And about a week after, well, I'll tell you, the first night I was in the house, I'm I'm laying, I didn't even have time, I just moved in. So I'm laying in a uh, bedroom upstairs on the floor with my cats. And I'm just laying there and I'm looking at this closet door and I'm just kind of looking at the woodwork and thinking, yeah, whoever built this, you know, they did a good job. That looks, you know, they did, they had good uh, woodworking skills, you know. That's how I'm, I'm just thinking like that. And all of a sudden, it's like out of the blue, I hear a voice in my head say to me, you know nothing about the history of this house. And then I thought to myself, that's true. I don't know anything about the history of this house. I believe that voice was the Holy Spirit because, I mean, I don't know where else it came from, you know. So yeah. I said a little spiritual warfare prayer and just said, I renounce any sin that ever happened here and I bind the demons in Jesus name. You know, gener very generic prayer. I didn't I wasn't specific about anything, but uh, that was kind of strange. First night I'm in the house. Around a week later, yeah. I came home and again, I lived alone. At this time, I had my bedroom all set up. Um, my cousin, who was an electrician, had done, he, he started helping me as soon as I moved in. He put in like a satellite uh, TV outlet in the bedroom I chose as my bedroom, which was the bedroom upstairs to the left of the bathroom. And that becomes a significant point. But um, he did all that. He did that room right away because he knew I was going to use it for my bedroom. And he said, you know, this house is double bricked. He said, it's two layers of brick thick. He said, when I was drilling through to run the cable in, he goes, it's two layers of brick. That's really weird. That's like a commercial property, you know? So I just, I didn't think much of it. And uh, I came home like again, about a week later and I go upstairs and I open my bedroom door and my bed is sitting crooked. My bed's not sitting the way I left my bed sitting. It's angled now. And I thought, okay, so my cousin was here. I bet he came in here today and I bet he was checking some of his work and he moved my bed. That has to be it. I'm sure that's what happened. So I straightened my bed. My bedroom door was shut at that point. I lay down in bed. And uh, when I shut my eyes, it was like, I believe what I had was a vision because it was not like how your mind normally pictures things. And it was like when I shut my eyes, it was like I was standing outside my bedroom door looking down the staircase. And there was a hooded figure coming up the staircase. And it was obviously a black hood. And I could see its face. And it looked like an old man. And he looked dead. He had like the complexion of a, a body in a casket. You know, he looked, he looked dead. And he had a creepy grin on his face. He was somewhat slouched a little bit. And he was coming up the stairs. And he had a creepy grin on his face. And I opened my eyes and I was like, what in the world was that? I'm not scared. I'm sure, you know, my cousin moved my bed. He was, I'm sure he did. He was here working. He moved my bed. I'll ask him about it tomorrow. I have nothing to worry about. There is no way this house could be haunted. You know, I shut my eyes. There it is again. It's like I'm standing outside. This happened about four times. I believe it was altogether. And after the last time I said out loud, I said, uh, in, G in Jesus' name, I, I renounce uh, every sin that's ever happened in this house, and I bind the demons in Jesus' name. I think I even said, and I cast you out or something in Jesus' name. I shut my eyes. There's no more vision. There's no more hooded figure. And I went to sleep. But I told four people about that incident. I told the girl I was dating and her oldest son. We went out for pizza, and I said, hey, I got to tell you guys something. It's kind of odd. I'm sure there's nothing to it because there's no way I could live in two houses back to back that are haunted, you know? So I told him about it. Then I told my best friend and I told my mom. And uh, as it turns out, the following weekend, my neighbor comes over on Saturday, just says, hi, I'm, you know, I call him Steve in the book. I changed his name, but uh, he's, he just, you know, introduces himself and goes back home. And he lived two houses away from me. So then on, on Sunday, he comes back over, and I'm there with my mom and my sister and my brother-in-law, and we're on the porch talking. And he comes back over, and he's got his girlfriend with him. 
and he, he welcomes me to the town. He says, Hey, you're welcome here. If you need help with anything, you know, just, just let somebody know we all help each other, you know, so just let us know. And I said, okay, you know, I appreciate that. And he said, uh, well, that's the good news now for the bad news. And I knew what he was going to say. And I looked at him and I said, you're going to tell me my house is haunted. And his eyes got big, his mouth dropped open. And he said, yeah, man, it is. He said, some dude killed himself in your basement a long time ago. I turned around and I had told my mom, I had had enough stuff happen in the house that I had told her. I said, if I didn't know any better, um, I would think something followed me from Holmes County, but I know it couldn't have. I said, but something's not right here. I had told my mom that prior to this incident. And I turned around after he told me the house was haunted. I turned around and looked at her and I said, I told you. And she said, you did. My sister's going, oh, no, not again. What's he talking about? You know, because she knows what we just experienced in Holmes County, you know. And I was very confident at that point. I said, you know what? It's okay. I'm a Christian. I dealt with this before. I'll deal with it again. I fully believed that, you know, at that point. So I knew after he, he said, well, I got other things to tell you, but I'll talk to you later. And he left and went back home. And I'm thinking, I really would like to know what those other things are, you know, but, uh, that night I knew that, okay, here's the funny part. I had moved into 225th street. I started writing nightmare in Holmes County and I would be sitting in my office at 225th street, which is a haunted house. I just didn't know it yet. Writing about the last haunted house, you know? And, um, after, a after Steve told me that and confirmed it, yeah, this house is haunted. I knew like I knew it as well as I knew my own name. I knew I was to write the book about 225th Street first and that it was to be titled 225th Street. I knew it. It was like it was downloaded to me. This is what you do, you know. So I put the I put Nightmare wow. in Holmes County on the back burner and I put all my energy into researching 225th Street. So I started contacting people that had lived there. I started tracking down people that had lived there before me. And their stories were horrific. Every family that had been there before me sold the house to another family and never told them it was haunted, never told them there was a suicide, even though they all knew it. They all knew it and they never told anybody. And um, I'm not blaming them for that, though. I think they were um, I, I think they were just like, I need out of here, you know, but uh right. They, they, their stories and the, the thing was is I went through finding these people and tracking them down and interviewing them I mean I went to great lengths and I was like very meticulous when I interviewed them and a lot of their stories were very similar and they were very similar to the same things I was experiencing for example at one point, I was put into contact with the uh, – there had been a suicide in the house in 1958 on March 1st. And now, as it turns out, by all my calculations and everything I could find on my own timeline and my work schedule and everything, um, the night that I had the weird vision of the hooded figure was March 1st, 2010. Very strange. Very strange so-called coincidence, okay? Well, I ended up contacting the, the, the guy who had the guy who had committed suicide is the same individual that built the house. And I ended up contacting his uh, granddaughter. And I when I would call these people, this is kind of how I would go about the phone call. I would introduce myself. I would give them my name and I would say, you know, you have uh, I said I, I would say, you know, I, I'm buying this house at 225th street that you used to live in. And, um, you have every right to think I'm crazy, but I have to ask you some questions. And, uh, and then I, you know, at that point I would say, did you ever have anything strange happen to you? And, and they would just go off on all these stories, you know? So when I contact the granddaughter, I, I said that to her and I said, did you ever have anything strange happen? And she said, why? What did you have happen? The way she said it was kind of eerie. <clears throat> and I said, uh, well, 
I'm not saying there's anything to this, but, and I told her this story about my bed moving and having the vision of the hooded figure. And when she started talking again, her, her voice was, was shaken. Like you, she was up, she was like very scared. And she said, uh, I, I'm really taken back that you're saying these things to me. She said that hooded figure, I know what you're talking about. Then she proceeded to tell me that she would have a reoccurring dream of going to the house to see her grandma after the suicide had occurred and that hooded figure would be in the house. She said that, uh, I said, do you know where the suicide happened? And she said, um, nobody ever told me, but I always believed it was in the root cellar. Because when grandma would, when I was there and grandma would go in the root cellar, she would tell me to wait outside when she went in. She said, it then got to the point where I began seeing that, that hooded figure in my own house. And she said, at one point, it grabbed me and started pulling me out of bed. And she said, I have, she said, I believed that it was the devil himself and he was taking me to hell. And she said, I have become a very religious person because of all this. Well, she told me, she told me the truth. She is a very religious person, a very nice person. But uh, she, she, that, that was a life changing experience, what she went through, you know, uh, fortunately yeah. it drove her to God and not, you know, the other way. But uh, she then told me that, you know, she never cared for her grandpa. He was mean. Um, and, and, uh, he, he, you know, she didn't, she didn't like him. And I'm thinking that's, that's strange. Most, most kids love their grandpa, you know, but. Right. Let me ask you this, Patrick. Okay. At either of the locations that you, you lived in that were haunted, did you ever see any, uh, strange lights or anything like that on, on the properties? Yes. In, oh, really? Holmes, in Holmes County. One night I. Went to go to bed, and there, there, there's a picture of the front door in the book. There's, there's more than one, but anyway, there's a window on the front door, and this was kind of how I've always been. I don't trust people. I always make sure my doors are locked. That's how I've always been. I make before I go to bed, I make sure everything's locked up. Right. But I, uh, I walked into the foyer, and I walked over and looked out the front door for some reason, and. It was all lit up around my car. My car wasn't in the garage. It was sitting in front. Of, I parked it in front of the garage. It was bright, all lit up around my car. And I thought, well, you dummy. You forgot to turn the, the lights off on the front of the garage. And not, so go turn them off before you go to bed, you know. So I go out. I turn off the security alarm and everything. And I go into the garage and I... I, I go to flip off the lights and the lights are turned off. I turned them back on. There was a window in the garage um, that I could see the light. When I, when I turned the lights back on, I could see the light through that window. The light came on outside. I shut the door, turned the light off, shut the door, set the alarm, went back and looked and everything was pitch dark outside. I have no idea. I really don't think that was those lights and something turned the lights on and off. At the very least, something turned the light on and then turned it back off, which is creepy. But at the very worst, there was something else illuminating my car. Mm. I mean, right. that, that was creepy. Yeah, that that's a big part of haunting, too. These orbs, these lights, and that's yes. pretty common. I mean, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about orbs. Um. This is really messed up, but you know, after I wrote to 25th Street in 2011, uh, I did a bunch of radio shows. I was doing radio programs all the time and everything, you know. And I started. Other people started reaching out to me and needing help. That hey, I, and there was one girl in particular. The story, the story of her exorcism is going to be in a book I'm right, I'm working on now. But but um. Her exorcist, it was, she told me her house, she thought her house was haunted. And she's telling me all these reasons and all this, this weird stuff she's telling me. And I knew plain as day, it's not your house, you're possessed. It's, and the demons are messing with you because they're in you, you know. 
And um, I didn't know how she would take it when I had to tell her that, but I knew it. I knew that's what was going on. Well, it turned out she took it very well, and it turned into a full-blown exorcism. And uh, for about a week after that, in my house I live in now, I'm telling you, my house I live in now is not haunted, but I have a lot of paranormal activity, and it's because I get messed with because of what I've written about, you know – when, when you're shining a light in the darkness, you know, the darkness will mess with you. It's that simple. And right. um, I remember yeah. there was like a week that was so bad. The, you know, remember I told you about those, uh, that weird sign I get when I'm discerning something spiritual, I, I would get like those, those intense goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I would be getting them so bad that it literally did hurt. It literally felt like I had needles sticking all over me like all across the backs of my arms and my back and everything. And I actually, during that time, I would actually see orbs in my house, not in a picture, not on a video. I saw them. And at one point I remember I was laying on my couch. I was kind of creeped out and I kept sleeping down on my couch. Now that sounds wimpy, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, (laughs) everybody's got their, their breaking, (laughs) their breaking point, you know, but, um, I, I, I was sit, I was laying on the couch and my cat Moses was sitting over by the door that goes out of my living room and goes into my kitchen or it goes it goes into like a little um, a little I don't know what you would call it like an entryway and and then you can turn right and go down the stairs and get down to my basement or you can go straight into my kitchen. Well he's Moses is sitting over by he's in the living room sitting close to that door. I heard my basement steps creak like somebody was coming up the stairs. And when I heard that, I saw him. He turned around and looked down the, like down the, the, the stairs. And then his head, he looked like up and like followed something that like it floated over his head. And that was all during that time I was seeing. I mean, I literally was seeing orbs in the house, in my house now, you know. Um, I had one time during that whole time period too where when I was like actively doing a lot of deliverances. I was laying on my couch again, laying on my back, and I was woke up by something pulling on my leg. It was like, and, and it was like, as I woke up, and let go of my leg, and my leg fell back down to the couch. So, I mean, and th- these are things that are not even like living in a haunted house things. These are like you're getting a visitation because you're fighting the good fight and you're in a war. I mean, it's that simple. We're in a war. <laughs> You know, when you fight the war, you got to you're going to you're going to get attacked, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm just that's when you when you said about orbs, that's what came to my mind. You know, Um, I've seen orbs in in, in pictures in other houses that I had to deal with that were haunted. I I dealt with for other people. So, yeah, you're right about that. That is a uh, that is something that happens a lot in in haunted houses. Yeah, that's. um, Oh, go ahead, Martin. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's definitely right. And when you start talking about these things and telling the truth about these things, um, they don't like it. Uh-uh. So they will, they will, you know, do things to you to get you to stop talking about them. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think everyone that everyone that, 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 that learns the truth and their life has changed for good. Man, they're mad about that. They, that's the last thing they want, you know. Right. And, you know, so, yeah, so they're about to fumble around in darkness and not know anything, and then or believe the wrong things. So yeah, yep. once you start telling the truth about them, yep, they don't like that. So there's going to be some repercussions over that. Yeah, and I, I can tell you when I when I when I'm actively writing and researching, I get a lot of activity in my house that I'm in right now. But, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, some of the witchcraft stuff, too. You know, I've had things happen here that I 110% believe happened because I was, you know, I went head to head with a witch. Uh, uh, This is not somebody that's Amish. This is somebody that's in the occult over his head. I had to, unfortunately, deal with this person for about two years, unfortunately. And um, I stood up to him. And that's how, that's how it's going to be, you know, and, um, it didn't end well for him, but 
I had experiences where there was somebody else he was very close to that I also went head to head with and it didn't end well for them. And uh, I'll tell you two different things. The one, the one incident, you're going to think this is crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm going out on a limb saying this on the air, but I'm telling oh, you. Oh, no, sure I, not. I came, I came home. I had to run to the store one day, and uh, it was raining, but it was not thunderstorming. It was raining. And I, had, I, think I, ran, I think I went to get sweeper bags or something. I can't remember because I was cleaning my house. And I came home, and I pulled in my driveway. And now my house is a technically three stories. I have a, 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 a full attic and then two stories, you know, so it's technically three. So it's pretty tall. And the house to my right, if you're facing my house, the house to my right is a single story. It's a ranch. I have a massive oak tree in front of my house and a massive oak tree behind my house. There's trees in front of the neighbor's house, you know. Well, I pull in my driveway. I... It's, it's raining, so I'm in a hurry. I jump out of my car. I step up on my step, and, and I hear this loudest noise. It's a crash. It's, I knew something got struck by lightning. And I'm thinking, did a tree get struck? I'm looking around. I knew something got struck by lightning. I mean, it scared me. I can't even tell you how loud the, 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 the crash was. And uh, I couldn't find anything that got struck. So I go in the house, and I'm like, well, that was weird. And I'm running my sweeper and I turn my uh, sweeper off and I hear, this is a little while later, I hear sirens. I go, I look out the window, the neighbor, that ranch style house, there's flames pouring out the garage windows. So the house was burning like you would not believe. So the fire department shows up. My whole street is crowded with people, you know, and I go over after they get the fire put out. And I, I, I talked to the fire department and uh, the firemen and I talked to the main one and I said, you know, I could be crazy when I'm telling you this. I might be wrong, but I think that house got struck by lightning. And he said, why do you think that? And I said, I came home from, you know, the store and I got out of my car. And as soon as I stepped up on my step that I heard this loud crash, it was super loud. And it, it, I said, it had to be something getting struck. And I think it was that house. And he said, yeah, you're right. We already determined it's a lightning. It was a lightning strike. So here's the weird part. The lightning struck as soon as I got out of my car, within a matter of seconds, literally probably three seconds. Why did the lightning strike the house that was the lowest point on the street? Why didn't it strike my house or why didn't it strike one of those massive trees? Why did it strike the house that's the lowest one? And it struck at exactly the time that I got out. Of, as soon as I got out of my car, boom, there it happened. That was when I was actively going head to head with the guy that was in over his head into the occult. And I mean, this guy's into it bad. I fully and he ta I, he's got websites out there talking how to conjure demons and everything else. And I have talked to, and I, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I believe that that lightning bolt was meant for me and an angel intervened. Maybe I'm wrong, but the stuff I saw out of that guy and I, stuff I know for a fact he's into, I don't, I, I really, I really believe that's what happened. I have talked to some people that are now Christians that used to be into the occult and they told me straight up, I, 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 I asked them about it and they said, yeah, matter of fact, witches love using the elements to try to to try to bring about bad things on other people. So I think that that is a possibility. I'll give you another one. After I another incident that happened around that time, uh, I have a music studio in my house. It's not attached to my house, and I am the only one with the keys to that to that studio. You got you have to go through three locked doors to get in there. There are no windows. I go in there right at a time when I'm dealing with these, you know, these people that are horrible. And I, I, I have a dehumidifier in, in there, you know, so I, I was going to empty the dehumidifier because it was summertime and it gets humid and, and whatnot. I go in there and there is a dead sparrow laying in the middle of the floor. How did a dead sparrow get into my studio? And it's all, it, it, it was, placed in there dead it was already dead how did that happen it's impossible 
How did it get in there with, through three locked doors? And so I looked into it and I knew that Satanists, a lot of times when they kill somebody, they will leave bird feathers or a dead bird at the scene. I don't know why they choose to do that, but they do it. And I looked into this and I found out that they will also leave a dead sparrow as a threat. They'll like leave it on your doorstep. In my case, there's no doubt in my mind they left it in the studio and it was done through, through paranormal means because it's impossible for that to have gotten in there. They couldn't leave it on my step because I would have probably assumed a neighborhood cat did it, you know. So I fully believe that, you know, that was another incident of, you know, the the issues you deal with when you go head to head with witches and people that are into that kind of thing. Do you think right. that, um, that all this stuff like is behind you now? Or I mean, do you? Oh, no, it's it, <laughs> I'm going to give you a quote from uh, you know who Christopher Quarantino is. Yeah, he used to, uh, used to, he used to be Christopher Lutz. He he grew up in the Amityville Horror House. He or not grew up, but he spent well, however long they were there. He's he was the littlest of the Lutz family, the youngest boy. And um, I'm friends with him. And when when I first wrote 225th Street, like me and him became friends. And uh, I I was fortunate. I got to you know Skype talk with him sometimes late at night. We just sit there and trade stories and talk about things. And he has the same perspective I do on a lot of this stuff, you know, so it was really, really refreshing conversation, but he said this to me and it always stuck with me. He said, you know, uh, once you've experienced this, you can't go back. And he said, and, uh, we're going to deal with this till the day we stand before the throne. And I said, you're absolutely right. You know, and that always stuck with me the way he worded that it always, it's like very profound and it's very true, you know, um, this is a, this is part of life now, you know, um, you, you, you see, you see the reality, you see the spiritual realm, you get it, you understand it. And now it's a, it's a part of life. You know, it's, uh, it's something I'll deal with forever. And, and, and it, so be it. I mean, I think that, you know, God gives us gifts to deal with those things like discernment, like gifts of knowledge, things like that. And to give you the upper hand. But, um, yeah, I do think it's something, and I, um, I'll be honest, I think if you guys have dealt with this, you probably will too. I just think that's how it works. Right. You know, one, one of the things when you were talking about the, the Amish and, and like, now there, there's this misconception that they're all just peaceful, fun loving people that just kind of, you know, um, the, 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 their idea of fun is just taking a, a like a, a a wheel and 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 run, running a a stick over it and that's their entertainment and they have a good time and that's a, that's not the case. I I'm here that's to tell not. you right now that that is so far from the truth. And I'll tell you what happened with me. I, I had uh, three Amish people who used to work with us. Me and my brother and Scorpion can attest to this. And my friend Squid, we all worked together. Um, there's a whole group of us, you know. Uh, there were still friends this day years ago. I ran a nightclub and, uh, started out as just a bouncer and worked my way up. But, uh, anyway, I had a guy come to me and he said, I need a job. And he was, he was just a kid. I, you know, he's, he's, I wasn't much older than him a few years maybe. And, uh, we were all just youngsters, but, uh, I gave him a job as a bouncer next day. He's like, Hey, I, I got a, a friend of mine who we all came from the same place. And, uh, it was up there, uh, in Amish country, uh, uh, it was either Pennsylvania or Ohio. I can't remember. I forget. But anyway, it was it was up there where there was a there's a lot of Amish people. And uh, he said, you know, uh, I, I, he wants a job. Well, the, the other kid came because we needed more people, and uh, I gave him a job too. And then he had a sister, and he asked me for, about her. So like the third day, she came and she worked with us. Well, she became like a waitress at the at the bar or whatever. We had the largest dance club in, in the city. Um, a city that's full of bars and restaurants, so it's quite quite an accomplishment. It's a big place. It was a hip hop club, and so I asked the kid if, if they could handle themselves. And they said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, we we used to fight in the barn and stuff and all this stuff." And they had this he talking like this. He had this weird, you know. And I'm like, I was like, "Where are you guys from? Like, what, what you know?" And 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 they um they told me they oh, we oh, we're Amish, you know. And I'm like, you know, what the f is that? You know, like I kind of knew yeah. vaguely what it was, you know. 
And my friend Chico is, was a luchador wrestler. Um, and so anyway, he, he goes, Oh, I know what these, what that is. That's the people with the beards and all that. Cause they, they didn't have beards. These kids had, you know, they weren't, they weren't like, you know, and I, and I said, Oh, okay. You know, and it kind of hit me. I said, yeah, I've, I know what this is. Um, and, and I, but I didn't have a lot of experience with it. And the only thing I really knew about them was that they didn't believe in technology and they rode around in buggies and blah, blah, blah. And this one, and the, the one kid, his name is Zeke, and and he was one of the kids that re- recently he's a grown man now. We're all older, but he was telling me about he goes the, the you know these people that are messing with you. He's like be very careful. They have a book they call it their companion. I can't or something. I forgot what he how he worded it. Um, it's called uh, my friend or my companion. Long, or it's called powwow or long lost friend. Long lost friend. There you go. That's what it yeah, is. I have a copy of that. I won't have it in my house. It's in a safety deposit box at a bank. Yeah, yeah, it's called Long Lost Friend, and it, and it's it's a book of magic. And then he he said, you know, they practice powwow. Me and you talked about that too, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, and and so he told me about you know we got to drinking and hanging out, and we were partying. And he was like, I was like, so why did you leave, leave the ordinance, which is what they call it, you know? And he says, well, he goes, there was a lot of uh, molestation, and there was a lot of rape, and his the one kid had been molested by a male. You know, and yep. the, and then there was a lot of that going on, and then there was a rape of this female, um, the, and so uh, they left during Rumspringa, um, and they they didn't they didn't leave at that time. Like they went and they had Rumspringa, but it convinced them to leave because they got to the, the, that's where they get to decide whether they're going to stay in the Orient or they're going to go out into the world, into the English world, is what they call us. And he said, we decided we're going to go out into the English world. Um, so after some more abuse and some more things that happened, they decided that they didn't want to do it anymore. And the, but the two left before the other guy, and he, he was just the friend of the family. Um, and he, was, he stayed around for a few years. And then one day he just said, to heck with this. And he started talking to some of the Mennonites who actually did – go out into the world and would uh, experience it and whatever. Um, they're, they're, the Mennonites are kind of like their connection, the uh, the the hardcore Amish. The, the Mennonites are their connection to the free world, which is yep. the English world, yeah. Um, so they let them commit the sin because they don't want to be the sinners or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so he, he, he decided, Zeke is his name, and he decided he was going to leave, and so he got into a fight with his dad. And he punched him out, and and they, he told him, "Go leave, get out of here, Zeke. Don't ever come back." I don't know how he said it, you know. I'm just, I'm assuming it, you know. And he's like, "I curse you, you're, you know, your oatmeal." And so anyway, Zeke's like, he goes, "Yeah, I fought my own dad, and it was pretty bad, you know." And I left, and and so he, he was telling us all this stuff, and all all my guys, the bouncers, everybody, we're just like, okay, a bunch of tough guys, rough trade, a lot of fighters, um, mostly. <laughs> I would say ex-military and cons, <laughs> convicts. That's kind of what made up my ship of pirates. And so they, they, they just didn't really fit in at first, you know, but they had some, some, uh, they were pretty tough. And I guess growing up, beating each other up in the barn paid off because after a couple of fights, I, I could see they handled themselves. And he said, well, there's not really much to do. Um, I and so I, I was talking to him with one of my friends, chief who's, who's been on my show and he's a half native American uh, friend of mine who's, who's an MMA uh, fighter and he's a, he's a wrestling coach now. Um, and so he asked him, we were sitting there talking and my friend Loki and we asked them like, what do y'all do? Like, what do you do for fun? You know? And they're like, well, we drink, we fight, we, we smoke, uh, green corn as they call it, which is marijuana. Yeah, and he goes. Sometimes uh, the Mennonites will get us drugs, and we'll we'll do cocaine. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and yep. when they started talking about that, I was like, what? I was like, is this during Rumspringa? He goes, no, this was just like you know, uh, meth using, uh, cocaine using, um, just things you would not associate with these supposedly peace loving, fun people. Um, they were involved in a lot of things, even prostitution. Like they would, some of oh, the yeah. girls were prostituting, um, and the, the free world or English world dudes would come and, and sleep with these, these Amish girls. It was really screwed oh, up the yeah. things they were the, telling us. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something really sick about that. When a girl turn when an Amish girl turns 12 years old at church, her father stands up and says, my daughter is now of age. And then he sits down. Well, that's weird. 
Well, here's the rest of the story. That means when there's a candle in the window, the door is unlocked. You can come in and do stuff to his daughter. That's oh, the honest wow. to God truth. Wow. And, I mean, it, it is complete. You're right, though. It's completely sick. But I'll tell you another one. When my house sold in Holmes County, my realtor knew how I felt about the Amish. And she said, the one guy that's coming to do one of the inspections, you're going to like him. He thinks like you do. Well, the guy came to the house and we were talking and he said, he said, he's, he said, you know, I can't stand him. He said, I have a friend that drives them around in a van. And he said, these Amish guys pay him to take them to a prostitution house in Massillon, Ohio, and they go in and have sex with these prostitutes and he has to wait on them and then drive them home. Yeah, that's very common. Like, so, and, what, and, so yeah. like, if you're going to do all that, you might as well forget riding in the buggy because you're not going to heaven. You know, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. And the abuse, the abuse of the animals, the kids, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, and and people don't realize th- them being cut off from from the world is is really it's it's a cultish type thing. It is a and, cult. Yes. Me and my guys, and and I can I can march about a dozen guys uh, to to my podcast, and and mm-hmm. they can tell you that a lot of us still know Zeke. We keep in touch with them, but it, it, when when he left, he dealt with a curse that was put on him, and and uh, a lot of bad things happened to these kids. Yeah, um, they were in Florida, and a bunch of bad stuff happened, and then they ended up in, in, in Texas, and they made their way to Austin. But uh, Z, uh, he now lives in, in Montana. He's been working on a ranch up there for several years. But he, as of late, has told me some crazy stuff um, and about this uh, s- this weird smoke that will appear on the property. Because the guy that he was working for actually was uh, – he finally uh, made enough money to buy a little plot for himself up there, you know. And uh, he has this weird entity or creature that's been kind of like stalking him that looks like a goat man. Uh, me and Barton were talking about that. And uh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was telling him and this, 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 uh, there's like this goat man looking thing and, and it's, it's uh, gotten bad. Like it's, he comes to his house ha- is uh, up to his uh, house at night and he's, it's been like rooting around on the property um, attacked one of his dogs, didn't kill it, but he, but he's like, he's convinced that the, the curse is still there and he's been trying to deal with it for a long time. And he's had his bouts with alcohol and, and other things, you know, and, and, um, just, it, it really messed him up, you know, that from, from the time that they were young until now, it's just so, you know, and, and I get really aggravated, when people try to con- sell me on the idea and convince me that they're all just f- peaceful, fun, loving people. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what I've been told because it's not true. Yeah. It is and, not I mean, true. there's three ga- people that had told me this, but they said, Oh, well, those are only three people talking about blah, blah, blah. Well, there was a show that came out not too long ago, a few years ago called the Amish mafia. And they actually, I watched bits and pieces of it. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I, I got the gist of it. And my friend Zeke said, that's very real. That's a very much a real thing it because is, they have a 100%. ton of money and, and and they don't really live the the life that they present. It's it's a it's a facade and they they use that to get and they have a lot of power. I mean, they really do. They they pay off uh, local governments and officials to do. Oh, they well, the corruption the thing. is Look, pretty the, rife. Yeah, the sheriff out there. I mean, I guarantee if anybody asked him if he knew my name, he doesn't like he would know exactly who I am and he doesn't care for me because I butted heads with him big time when I lived there because he wouldn't do his job. You know, it was like, oh, so if they come and do all this to me, you're okay with it because I'm not Amish and they are and they vote and you'll get voted out if you arrest them. So that's how I'm out there. I had a guy that I actually had come. I, I, did, I put on a bluegrass festival. My last, my last Labor Day I spent in Holmes County, and I was like, I'm going to try to make this whole thing pay pay me, you know. So I knew the Amish were into bluegrass, so I hired some bluegrass bands and stuff to play, and um, charge people to get in and whatnot. And because uh, I, I had a big field behind my house and everything, so there was this really nice guy. He wasn't Amish, but his wife was, and and they. Yeah, like he was having a lot of marital problems because it because of it. 
and he told me, and he came and he, he was in the one band. He was a really nice guy. He was a really good singer. And I was friends. I became friends with the guy. He was a good guy. But he contacted me. Um, oh, I have all the notes from the deliverance. He contacted me. I think it was 2010, I think. And he said, I, I think I need a deliverance. And, and he told me, you know, why? And he, he believed that his, that his wife was putting curses on him because he, he left the Amish. And uh, I ended up, I made him renounce like that false religion and like what he had, like the demons, like they left pretty easy once that was renounced. So that tells you what a stronghold that, uh, that religion is, you know, but wouldn't, you know, he, he fully believed that he was being cursed, right? This guy's younger than me and he was in good shape. He dropped dead. Just, I'm going to say in probably 2016 or something, he just dropped dead. And, uh, I, I didn't even know he died. I, I, uh, met somebody that was from Holmes County and we, we were at talking about different people we knew. And, and, uh, I, I asked if she knew, uh, that I said his name and she said, is he the one that died? And I said, what? He couldn't have died. She said, yeah, he did. Sure enough, he died, you know? And, um, I, to me, I, I just wondered, well, wonder if that death had anything to do with, you know, the curses being put on him. Well, Barton and me were involved uh, very heavily in a uh, the investigation of the murders of the LBL. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that involved a witness that came forward, and he – his story was that he was with the, this Amish family and he didn't, he wasn't Amish himself or whatever, supposedly. Um, because I don't really know his background. I just know what he's told us or, but he, he claimed that, that, that they were an Amish family and he was helping them, uh, relocate and they had stopped in the LBL and the, 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 the family that was killed there was supposedly Amish and they had left the ordinance. When, when you think about it though, my first reaction was this was a curse that something was put up on them and, and it went after them and it killed them. That's the first thing I thought about. And when I, when I first started corresponding with Johnny, Hen the late Johnny Henderson, great guy, um, passed away, uh, last, uh, September, uh, wow. September, I believe yeah. it was September 10th. Wasn't it, uh, Barton? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, when, when Johnny had passed away and, and me and Barton are still very close with, with Elijah's and Elijah Henderson and Elijah actually was at our, was at our conference and, um, they were, were being told this story about the, uh, the uh, Amish family that was killed or whatever. And, and Barton, you know, I told you the first thing I told you was like, it had to be some kind of curse. Yeah. Um, that's the right. first thing out of my mouth and Barton with me, he bossed Martin and me kind of, you know, kicked it back and forth. And then he was like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, you know, but this is the story. And, and, th and then I told Johnny and Elijah the same thing. I was like, I've dealt with these people. Um, believe me, I know because I've seen the damage that it did to, to the people that worked for me. And I saw, uh, they later on, they, 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 uh, got a couple more people, uh, who that one of them was the little sister, uh, Zeke's little sister. And then there was another, uh, kid that came that I didn't really know him that, that well, but he came later on and, um, you know, they, they kind of just reaffirmed or, or, you know, whatever confirmed to all of us, you know, uh, friends that, you know, that I'm, that my friends that, are, that I'm friends with, you know, that, um, yeah, the, this is what goes on there. And it's, it's weird. It's ironic because Zeke, Zeke is a, a friend who I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, say his name because I, I don't have permission to, he doesn't like being out in the public, whatever Zeke doesn't care, but, um, starts with, with a J let's call him J J J actually is a mechanic. <laughs> it's funny because he's a very good mechanic. And one of my friends from my hometown actually gave him a job, uh, you know, around here working on cars and, um, he's very smart and mechanically inclined, but he never would have had that opportunity you know, if he had stayed in, 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 you know, with those people and he, he always just tells, says it was just like, a, it's like a cultish like nightmare. You know, he was just kind of like, you know, it was leaving was the best thing that ever happened to him. And, and they all are, are still God fearing people and they go to church and they, and they believe, but they don't, they, they know that, that what that is, you know, and, and 
and we're not sitting up here bashing the Amish because I'm sure there are some good ones or whatever yeah. um, that, that don't participate in these activities. But this is very common. Um, it is very, very common. And, and after that whole thing happened and I spoke out and I said something about the Amish, you know, when I had said a few things or whatever, there were some people who kind of lashed out at me um, claiming to be Amish. And one of them was this girl whose name, I'm not, I probably shouldn't even say the name, but in Barton, I'm pretty sure you know who she was. Um, but she yeah. was saying stuff on the comment section and just, just viciously attacking me. Um, and then later attacking Barton and everybody else and saying all this crap about us. And I was just like, I said, how are you on the internet? You know, exactly. Commenting on YouTube, if you're Amish and, and, of course, you know, I know the answer is that she could be Amish and because they don't really care. They don't really follow their rules or hypocrites. So I was like, yeah, she she could be. She might be. And she was just saying a bunch of crap because, you know, they they do get cell phones and they do get a hold of technology and they hide it and whatever, um, you know. And, and it's it, they are it's just a, it's almost like a, a scam. In some ways, you know, that they're not really, yeah. And and then when you uh, go into their territory, which like I've been told by, by other people who were telling me stuff during that time period, they were telling me this stuff about how they had done research on them, not just you, Patrick, but a few other people. And they, they had, they had found like, uh, you know, abandoned buildings on the properties and stuff full of satanic symbolism and just all kinds of like you know just bad bad stuff like dead animals and things like that and and it, it was very common and i just was like sent a few pictures or whatever and then my wife's like you know she was just like she was pretty freaked out cuz a lot of weird stuff was happening to us and she was just like don't look at those pictures don't talk about it you know blah blah, blah. she just was not she was not having it and being half uh, hispanic you know i know I've also had a curse put on me by our bruja, you know, and it was very similar. It was like the very, it was very similar stuff. I mean, you know, um, the Vietnamese curse I had put on me, it was the same. It was very, it was just the same thing, you know, bunch of stuff, bunch of bad stuff happened, you know, and I had to pray and pray and pray to try to break it and try to get it, you know, resolved. But the, the first thing is even knowing that you've been cursed, you know, you have yeah. to wake up to the reality that, Hey, this is real. This is happening. I'm having these health problems. I'm having these shadow people or whatever they are roaming around my house. And then, you know, there's all kinds of crap going on. Um, and then you have to break it, you know. And if you're very strong spiritually, it actually can't – it actually can it, can – it can be challenging. But if if you if you're steadfast, you can do it. And and if you have friends in your corner that are strong in the faith and people pray with you, you can you can get it done. But it, it's not. It's I'm gonna tell you right now. If you aren't strong, you're a target, <laughs> you know. And then that's right. And and it's very easy for these people like to to, you know. I had a friend of mine who was Cajun, and he had told me about this uh, woman that lived out in the swamp, and she was an old witch, and she was all like, everybody's like, oh, she's friendly, she's cool, she's whatever. Well, she was still a witch, and she she got you get on the wrong side of one of these people. You know, and they'll come at you sideways. And um, she was aggravated by somebody. And, and you don't know what's going to aggravate them or set them off because, you're, I mean, you're you know, right. and the thing is, it's like they're psychotic. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, they yeah. they they might be sweet as pie. And then the next day they start flipping out on you and telling you all kinds of crazy stuff because my friend, he married a woman who was very much into ca ca uh, Kabbalistic magic. And I kept telling, uh, shouldn't say his name, but I I kept telling him. I was like, you know, me and my brother were telling him, dude, you know, you need to knock that off. We both read the Kabbalah. We know what it is. It's a book of Jewish mysticism, and there's some bad stuff in there. And I told him, I said, dude. And so she she was arguing with him one day about demons. Um, there was an argument, and I was over there at his house, you know, because um, we used to work together. And I was picking him up, and the guy was always in a bad mood. A nice guy when he was away from her, but when he was with her, he was always in a bad mood. And her name was Evelyn, and I called her Evelyn, like from He Man, you know. And so, <laughs> and so, she she said something one day, and and I'm not joking. I was at the door with my friend Jerome from Germany, and we were both standing there, 
And he, I was looking down at my phone, and when when we turned around to walk off, I looked up for a minute, and he said that that uh, I just saw like for a split second her face from the side profile looked different, looked kind of weird. Like I saw it really quickly, and he goes, "Dude, did you see that woman? Her face like changed into like a bird looking thing or something." And I was like, "What?" You know. <laughs> so I thought maybe. You know, Jerome was smoking some weed or something before work or something. I was like, dude, are you high or something? He goes, no. And I was like, well, did you drink? Because I'm not going to lie. He's German and his, and his buddy, him and Otto, would drink like all day long. And they'd never get drunk, which was weird. Um, but they would drink. And I thought, I was like, maybe they were drinking really strong or something. You know, I said, were you drinking? He goes, no. He's like, I, I just, did you see it? And I, I guess I was kind of like trying to pretend like it didn't happen to myself. And I said, dude, I think I did see it, but I don't want to, you know, because I don't know for sure, you know. So when when our friend came out, we, we'll call him T, and I told him, I said, T, I was like, you know, you look terrible. You you look like you haven't slept in days or whatever. And he goes, I don't know, man, and I'm getting this weird rash. And he showed me, and I was like, dude, and he's living with this weird woman. And he goes, we got into an argument and, you know, and so that later on that evening after we'd come back from doing the job or you know, whatever, uh, we went inside to, to his house cause it was, it was hot. And I was like, you know, I just wanted to, uh, he was going to, you know, get me a, a soda or something. And, uh, so I, sta- I was standing there for a minute and she comes walking over there to me and she dressed like Lily Munster or like, you know, whatever the lady from the Adams family, what's her name? Morticia, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She dressed like her. She was real weird goth to the point of like just ridiculousness. And so she's like, I have a question for you. You're smart about this kind of stuff. You're into the paranormal. Right. And I said, yeah, you know, and this was years ago. I was always into like collecting stories and stuff like that. And she goes, have you read the Kabbalah? And at that time I had not, I had only read bits and pieces or, you know, like research, whatever. And she goes, well, you need to read it. It's really, it, it's really amazing, and it'll change your life. And I'm like, sure, it will, but I don't want my life to be changed in that way, you know. And, and <laughs> she, she was just like, she's like, well, I, I was trying to tell, and she would call him T, like that, what, what, what demons are. And and I said, well, what do you think demons are? And she goes, well, they're fragmented beings that were from another universe that have been. Uh, and they had been compressed or whatever. It was a very interesting uh, theory when I started reading it and reading into it. I thought, well, that's one way to look at it. Um, And that's their take on it. She goes, but they really, they don't hurt you and you can control them and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, wait, what? I was like, you don't have control over those entities. I don't give a crap what any religion tells you. There is only one way to control them, and we all three here know what that is. Exactly. And, and I told her, I was like, "There's no controlling. You summon that. You you get you 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 call the bull. You get the horns." Yep. You know, my my cousin was a bull rider, and a bull once gored his you know and ripped his leg open, and his ephemeral artery was exposed. He lived. He's still alive to this day. He works in. He's a oil guy. He's, you know, done well in the oil industry, but. He's a good friend, a good friend of mine. Besides being my my cousin, you know, and I'm very proud of him. He's he's a very tough man, self made guy, and uh, you know he he never cried about it. He always said that he was like, if you mess with the bull, you get the horns, and yeah. and he just was like, that's that's what happens, you know. And uh, he goes, you can't, you know, you can't control that animal. It's 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 a bull. It's going to do what bulls do. And I was like, you can't control these things. They're going to do what they do. And even if there are rules and laws and blah, 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 um, there's always outlaws that are going to break the laws and the rules. And that goes for the spirit realm, too. Yep. And I try to tell people that and they're just like, well, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they'll 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 uh, go and hang up uh, symbolism in their house ignorantly and not know what they're doing. And after all these years, 30 years of research now, I know when I see something, I'm like, I know what that is. Um, and sometimes people just think, well, I think it's pretty. And so they'll hang it up in their house. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, you might think it's pretty, but it's it, it actually has a meaning. And you're basically waving a flag for these things to come. And, and you're basically giving them permission. You know, and I, 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 I covered a case one time. Um, where these guys had done a ceremony and they had drawn a circle with a pentagram and, and they summoned this, this demon. 
And they said, oh, well, as long as it's in the circle, this is the most ignorant thing I'd ever heard in my life. They said, as long as it's in the circle, and uh, it's cool, you know, it's it, you can't, you can't. Well, the first thing this demon did was start kicking sand o- over th- to break the circle. Of course. And I'm like, dude, you know, and, and I guess they think that these things can't actually manifest into a physical being. I was like, you're bringing them, you're giving them power, you're offering them, you know, whatever, and, and then you're summoning them and you're giving them basically uh, the the uh, right, you know, you're giving them the, to 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 go, you know, beyond their their confinements, um, and and you're tra- you're transgressing against God, first of all, and when they do this, they have no idea what this demon is capable of, and That's right. so one of them was was quick thinking, and he went and tried to go up and and close it with a stick, and that thing just like snapped the stick, like you know, like you know, just it threw it uh, like energy, whatever, it snapped the stick. And it just continued to to break that circle. So they all fled. They all ran in different directions. And this thing began to chase them. And the way they described it was like this bluish white looking creature. Uh, or it was like white furred looking thing. It was like a it, it was like the way you would describe like a uh, one of these cryptids, these uh, inhumanoids, right? As you call them, Barton. Um, and it's chasing them through the wilderness, you know, in Michigan. And, you know, we got this story and these people were telling us this story and I'm like, dude, that that's what happens, you know? And then it stalked a couple of them for like months, you know, showing up and doing things. And, and these things have the upper hand because they can move in and out of uh, our, our world. Like we yep. can't go in and out of their world unless you're out of your body and they can, they, they, they are not bound to. And, and when people would see this creature out in the woods, some people will be like, oh, I saw a Bigfoot, because that's what they think they're looking at. What what they're looking at is a demon that's been summoned by somebody, and it's been let loose. And they were like, oh, it looked like a Bigfoot with horns, you know? And yeah, they were telling me this nonsense. Things. Yeah, and, and it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, that's not what that is. You know, it's, it's, it's a demon that's been let loose. Yep. And that happens more often than we could possibly imagine. And the Amish actually do this for fun. And I'm not joking. They literally are bored. You know, I mean, I'm not joking. It sounds very like I'm giving you a, a simplistic BS answer. But the truth is they get bored because they don't yeah. have a lot to do. And they play around with magic. And powwow is just like this little goofy name that they, they you know, that they name it like it's some joke. Um, and they start when they're young, and then when they, by the time they get older, they can be very powerful uh, sorcerers or sorceresses. And absolutely, mm-hmm, and well, they can curse the heck out of you. The neighbor guy that wanted the right away. What I found out was the kind of witch. I found this out later from a guy that had been mixed up with them, and then he he became like a newer order Mennonite and got away from them. And he said that he was taught witchcraft in the church, in the Amish church. He was taught witchcraft. And he told me that that guy that had wanted that right of way, he said um, he is involved in witchcraft. And he said, and the kind that he's involved in has to be passed down from generation to generation, but it's passed from the parent to the opposite sex child. And he said, and his daughter has gotten into it so bad. He said, she got in it over her head and lost her mind. And he said, now she's in an, uh, a uh, mental institution. And I said, well, you know what that is. And he goes, yeah, demon possession. Okay, folks, so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Tune in to the next episode where I return with my guests and with Barton Nunley. And thank you for listening to PRT. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night. Mm -hmm.